welcome to episode 96 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Jamont. I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson. We nabbed a guest. We did. <laughs> it's about time you figure everyone's staying at home anyway. We should yeah, be able to, yeah. you yeah. know, creep our way into people's lives somehow. So uh, who are you? Uh, my name is John Orphan. Nice. And what, uh, what do you do? I am a cinematographer. Lovely. Out here in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, nice. Yeah, I mean, we we I went through we went through a bunch of your work, and it just, I mean, that's why we we wanted you to ha- on is because your work was just, yeah, really impressive. Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So I have to say that there's there was one main reason that I that I was like, okay, this is good. His name, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, that helped. But it was that you have a good website. Which I know is like, this is an antiquated thing for people when they're like, who cares about a website? I still care about websites. (laughs) And I, you know, you meet people and it's a thing with actors as well that it's like, hey, where can I see all your work? Oh, you know, I haven't done that yet. I've been meaning to get a website together. Well, what the hell? (laughs) I don't want to go on a three hour search on seven different socials to find like this film that I did here once. And then there's other things on YouTube and this other thing on Vimeo. It's like. I love that people still have websites and that you have like a, of course, as a cinematographer, it's like the lighting's nice. Every, you know, everything yeah. just goes together and it, it looks really, I mean, that's an unnecessary aesthetic, but you should be able to appreciate that as a DP. So it still yeah. looks good. And I was like, oh, okay. And everything was just so easy to navigate through and, and the photography and everything was really, like, you definitely have like a tone to your work. And I always, uh, I always like that. I'm always, mm-hmm. I always, I'm always attracted to people that have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I kind of worked on that. I mean, not everything that I've ever shot is on there mm-hmm. for sure because I get, I get hired to do stuff that is not within my genre. I kind of look at cinematography almost like music. I play a very specific brand is what I kind of like, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes I end up being a studio musician and going in and, mm-hmm. and doing things. Got to write the jingle for the crafts um, exactly. commercial every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Um, so, um, what is, I have to ask, what is your weapon of choice? Weapon of choice? Um, as far as cameras? Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I don't really have one of, ch- well, okay, that's not true. I have two. <laughs> I have true. I have two. Um, I basically stick to uh, either Alexa or Red. One of the two. Okay. Um, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't use Sony cameras that often. Uh, sometimes I do, but not that often. I, I've kind of, uh, one of the things I don't really, um, one of the things I find a little challenging about Sony cameras is the menu system is not uh, quick yeah. and intuitive, quick or intuitive. And, um, and as a result, that's kind of the only reason that I stick to. Uh, also, you know, their sensors aren't as large. Um, yeah. But other than that, other than that, so so yeah, to answer your question, either Alexa or Red, and either one of those is is fine mm-hmm. for me. I don't think that the differences between the two aren't um, vast enough, right, mm-hmm. to to make too much of a difference in the long and short of things. Yeah, good yeah. lighting and cinematography does most of your heavy lifting anyway. Yeah, yeah, uh, above you know a certain a certain uh, level of camera. Um, I find that Red's uh menu systems a bit kind of wonky for me 
yeah. Um, it can be, yeah, for but, sure. But, you know, it's like um, a camera's just a tool, right? I mean, everybody wants, yeah. everybody wants to shoot everything on an Alexa with some really nice lenses ever. But, you know, there's things, you know, maybe the story doesn't call for it or the tone doesn't call for it or the client doesn't call for it. the budget doesn't call for it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, um, I kind of, I kind of see cameras kind of like, like a musical instrument, mm -hmm. like, uh, like a guitar. Like, I don't remember ever like listening to a song and then wondering like, I wonder what kind of guitars they're (laughs) playing. Because, because generally speaking, like an audience is not going to know the difference. And and most of the times other people aren't going to know the difference. I've been in situations in which, you know, someone was really insistent on a certain kind of camera Mm -hmm. and, and, um, then they would, you know, look at my website and ask me for, you know, I want it to look just like this. I'm like, okay, well, that was shot on the opposite camera right. than what you're requesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that happens a lot, actually. So, um, yeah, I always think it was what you put in front of the camera that makes the biggest difference. Yeah. I always find yeah, that I'm, a, a I'm, camera I'm, request from someone who's not a DP to be really weird. Uh, yeah, because I'm like, just leave, leave, leave that to the professional. They'll decide what you know yeah. what I mean? Like if you don't if you don't know cameras or yeah. a, a, or can at least determine, you know, yeah, good I think, footage, I think it's you know, it's like, you why do you care with with the DP, you know, if as a director or producer or whatever comes to a DP and is like, this is what the tone and the look we're going for. And then you do your camera test, your lens test and mm-hmm. figure out what um, what works best, you know. Mm-hmm. Generally, yeah. someone like yourself could probably, you don't even have to go to, through a huge stage of it. You can just let them know what you're looking for, and then you, you would know what, uh, how to achieve that. I and mean, that's kind of your, your bread and butter of, of, of it yeah. all. And, and I can, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure most people will say, well, I just want it to look cinematic. So yeah. off the races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a general. <laughs> Sometimes you get that. Yeah, just like, okay, well, um, that's kind of like saying I, I want it to sound like country music. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> so you've you've worked on a lot of um, shorts. Like you still work on shorts, which I think is awesome because your your work varies. I mean, if, uh, if well, we'll have the links to your website. You know, you've worked on mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff and all calibers of stuff uh, with you know really independent stuff, stuff with you know with celebrities and all that kind of thing. You know, so mm-hmm. I love that you that you do short films. You know, because I we. We do only short films, basically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. Everyone's always asking, hey, when are you, you going to do a feature? I'm like, well, when we have a whole bunch of money that we can actually do a feature. Yeah. Like, sure, it's just more affordable and, you know, it's easier on time. But it's a it's a it's a art in and of itself to do shorts. You know, you people who watch shorts, it's like a, a thing, mm. you know. Yeah. And so I, I think it's. That I like that you know you have feature work and then you have shorts and things like that. Is there anything that you're more drawn to that you like filming? Um, I like filming, you know, I guess dark, dramatic, thriller type type of things. Oh, um, I liked him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's kind of what I watch. Um, that's what gets me the most excited, and then and then shooting in that. That's naturally what comes out of me. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing that I, I have to put the least amount of mental capacity into mm-hmm. like I get on I know exactly uh, it's it's intuitive sometimes I'm done lighting uh, something and I, I, I almost feels like uh, it just came out of me I don't remember th- making decisions about anything <laughs> just like <laughs> like it just happened but yeah I also I, I shoot a lot of shorts because uh, a while ago I, I kind of thought to myself that um uh I didn't want to ever ha- not be shooting 
Right. So, right. Um, because I just the, the more the more time on the camera that I have, you know, the more, the better I get. And so I can never justify if I if I have time off and someone asks me to shoot something, I kind of force myself just to say yes. Noted. Why can't you live in New York? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I just shot I just shot a short uh, pilot in New York. Oh, did you? Yeah. It's called Distemper. It was about it's a period picture. It's about the first uh when they, they discovered the uh cure for um gonorrhea actually. Oh. Uh, two, uh, two female scientists. And actually it is uh I can give you some information that they're doing an online screening of it tomorrow. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So how how long have you been uh, doing cinematography and film and stuff like that? Let's see. Well, I moved out to Los Angeles from Michigan in 2003. Oh, I started wow. working as a camera assistant, was in the union for about six years. So, And then I slowly made the transition between 2008 and 2010. It took about two years to get up and going where I was just... Uh, working as a cinematographer. Mm -hmm. So cinematographer full-time since 2010. Nice. Wow. Do you yeah. have any, any influences that, uh, that you can rattle off? <laughs> uh, as far as cinematographers? Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, I think probably the first, the first one, the person that was most inspiring to me early on was Robert Richardson. Okay. Because, uh, at one time, he was kind of like I think back in the in the late '90s, he was doing things that nobody else was doing. Mm -hmm. He was very unique and kind of stood out from the crowd and was taking a lot of chances. And so, that kind of inspired me. Um, obviously, Roger Deakins, um, mm -hmm. Emmanuel Lubezki. Um, uh, let's see who else. You know, um, a guy named Malik Hassan Saeed, who shot Clockers for. Uh, oh, okay. Um, for uh spike lee way back in the day he also did some things that were pretty unique and i think that caught my attention i'm always kind of uh drawn to anything any kind of art that kind of stands out uh not necessarily in how great it is but in how unique it is right and when mm -hmm. i see when i see artists taking chances that kind of speaks to me yeah i think there's not enough of that you know especially in these days when you have you know, everything built on franchises and, and all this stuff to have like a unique voice is very important. Yeah. So that way you can get really big and then somebody will hire you to just make a bland movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. the dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cinematography, you know, it's interesting. I, I always I always talk about how like cinematographers are, are sort of these invisible people when it comes to to. Um, to films when it, when you're talking about an audience, you know, in terms of like people in the business will say, well, who the hell was DP? That looked great. Yeah. But you know, people sit down to watch a movie. They're not like, gee, I wonder who was behind the camera on this. Yeah, it all falls know? on the director, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you watch oh, a... this great film the director made. And it's like, right, right. But <laughs> the cinematographer is like so, so important. And yeah. it, it just kind of, you know, I, it was something that I was guilty of too, you know, many moons ago before I really kind of started uh, learning about filmmaking and stuff ourselves that I just thought, wow, you, I never really credited Tarantino's cinematographer. Mm. Just thought of it as like a Tarantino film, 
you know, and, and sure, he has a look that he goes for and he's very involved in his work more so than, than some directors are. But I just never thought to like, you know, really offer that credit to the person that's actually lighting these scenes and is responsible for that look. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think different directors have a different uh, level of uh, involvement in the look of something. There are some directors that are just they're just like um, they're really into working with actors and mm -hmm. getting the thing on film and some, you know, I get on set and sometimes they're just like, you know, do your thing. And, uh, they don't give me any, but other directors are very, very hands-on mm -hmm. and, and then want to kind of try to mold every single thing and sometimes get into a little bit of micromanagement, right. um, on some of that stuff. But, um, I, what I notice is, is my best work and the stuff that ends up on my website and that I get, um, that, gets me more work is the kind of stuff where people are just they've they've hired me for me mm -hmm. like we want you to do what you do right and um that's that's when things start to get really good but i think that's the same in any kind of uh artistic endeavors when you when you let everybody do what they do mm -hmm. uh, that's when creativity starts to uh blossom yeah and, and I, things I, get good yeah, I love um, allowing my actors to, uh, not my, but the actors to kind of. <laughs> we belong to you. Yeah, <laughs> to kind of just, you know, I have, I'm, I'm there to steer, steer the ship, right? And I want everybody to do their thing. I've, you know, like you said, I've hired, we've brought them on the project for a reason. And that reason is not for me to like then take everything they've brought to it and then mold it to my one specific idea of what this character would say or look or, you know, do in any given second, you know, so I always, um, try to allow that group creativity. Cause you know, five people ultimately will make something better than one person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, and as for a cinematographer, I'm, you know, we haven't been able to <laughs> work with one yet because it's usually out of our budget. Yeah. Um, so I end up just talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you, what do you guys shoot on? Um, you, what well, are your we favorite things to we bought um, an Ursa Mini Pro, okay. Um, which you know, um, for the price, I feel like it's pro probably the best bang for the buck. Um, mm -hmm. Because we it was important to us, like yeah, we can budget out to rent a camera package and a lens pa package probably, but to be able to like something you had hit on earlier, but to be able for us to just if we wanted to go shoot this weekend, we can just go shoot something. And uh, we just shot something recently to kind of work on, you know, I, I constantly want to push myself on with some cinematography and with um, molding a story out of shots and, and all that stuff. Um, so having owning a camera, I think is for me is invaluable for that. And, um, you know, I bought a couple like, mm -hmm. you know, a set of Zeiss lenses and, 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 and if I can't make that look good, then that's, that's that's on me, you know. I should be able right. to make that equipment look as good as it needs to to tell a story and not be distracting. That it's not an Ari, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get us wrong. We'd take an Ari. Oh yeah. <laughs> In a heartbeat, but it was right. just like, you know, we're like, okay, so either we buy an Ari and then we have no other equipment, <laughs> or we're gonna buy something that you know we can get a nice look out of, and then also buy more C stands and more lighting and, and yeah. lenses and, and stuff like that. And, um, that's like a huge pet peeve of ours is that we've come across people that are like, Oh, I bought this red. And then they have like no lenses. Yeah. 
And it's like, well, <laughs> right, right, like, right, right, right. you know, because we've watched something and been like, what the hell did they film this on? Like a potato? Like, what is yeah. it? And like, oh, it's a red. Yeah. Like, that's a red. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. not money well spent. That yeah. I don't rather, know what you yeah. filmed that on. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather take my Ursa and tr- if I can convince people that I shot it on a red or even an Ari, <laughs> then I've done my job. That's and then, the goal. you know, it, it, that's right. just it. You know, right. that that may never be achieved, but if that's my goal, then that's only going to make me a better, you know, cinematographer, director, or, you know, whatever. Um, so that's that's always yeah. the goal. Yeah. Well, I think the market has changed pretty considerably over oh, the last yeah. uh, decade. And I think part of the reason for that is, is that someone threw their hat in the ring who um, was coming from a completely different industry, um, but they were brilliant at marketing and business mm-hmm. and as a result they made the whole um motion picture camera market into a very competitive place yeah and obviously i'm talking about you know no you know red yeah um, with the red one yeah yeah and so they they wanted to get those cameras in as many hands as possible and that was the goal is to move as many units i think as possible and i think in doing that they were able to get it into the hands of people that were um less experienced mm-hmm. and didn't know some of the things that you were just talking about. Like, you know, you know, I'm going to get the camera and then I'm going to get a bunch of lenses that don't really help anything. Yeah. And, um, and then they go out and shoot stuff and yeah, exactly. Like, what did you shoot this on a potato? Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's a potato, 45 millimeter. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. It's a $12,000 <laughs> potato. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just put a, a, a glass, a, a, a pint, glass yeah the sensor um yeah and and because the camera itself the red camera is a you know a very good machine but in the wrong hands it can really do some damage to the reputation of the company yeah Um, but they don't care as long as they have you know if they've moved enough units well yeah and they'll always have their high profile clients that will you know, shoot Who do on know stuff. how to use yeah. the camera? And yeah, yeah. Always... Right, 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 right. It was just, like... it was just ironic, you know, that we went from like you couldn't film anything unless you had actual film, which we, as we know, is expensive and a pain in the ass, and you know, it's a, a disaster to have to develop everything and go through all your editing and stuff. And then DSLRs yeah. and these things came out, and it was much easier. There was more access to it, but you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a business of aesthetic. You know, and yes. so people like titles and it's like, well, yeah, the fact that there's people that think if I film on a red, then that makes me a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I right. can I'm in the club and that right. that's kind of all which, you have to do. Right. Which yeah. which which leads me to my my next topic. Uh, <laughs> oh, when I, I wanted to get your uh, your your thought, thoughts on because where around where we live, it's kind of a big thing for people to buy any camera, whatever it is, a red Ari, whatever it is. Uh-huh. And then yeah. now they're a cinematographer for hire. And, you know, right. and people tend to like to buy the person with the equipment versus just, you know, hiring somebody because of their skill. You're hiring somebody because of what they have. Uh-huh. Um, we see that a lot around here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's something that you, you come in contact with a lot or deal with a lot. Yeah, we see that out here quite a bit, hmm. quite a bit. Um, and, and fortunately, uh, you know, I've kind of... Um, moved past a little of that because I'm starting to get, you know, jobs where people are calling me for me. Yeah. And, um, which is a good thing. Um, that's, uh, so, but every once in a while I'll get a, uh, a call for something they really want to 
want me to like list all the equipment that I have. Yeah. And that's when I realized that I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, um, factory content makers, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, there's just, and I understand, I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of need for that. People yeah. just need, you know, they have production companies where they're just pumping out stuff for, for clients and they want to, the, the numbers are what matter. Like mm-hmm. it has come, a place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, that's kind of how I know who I'm dealing with is when they're, when they're really focused on technology as opposed to, you know, the look of something the art that of I know it, yeah. I'm dealing, I mean, I'm either dealing with a technician director or an artist mm-hmm. director. Right. And, and so, but yeah, there's quite a bit of that out here. Quite a bit, quite a bit. Yeah. I, I definitely, I've heard of people losing jobs uh, based on camera brand that they own versus, really? you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you own any equipment? I do. And I'm not I expecting do. you to list it off. I'm just curious if. <laughs> All right, no, go. No, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I own a I, I own a Red Weapon 6K. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, there was there was a couple times where there was at least one time where I lost a job because they really wanted to shoot on an Alexa. Mm. And the, the, um, what they just wouldn't and it was budget for the quick. rental, was, or they were like, "Hey, we love your reel. We love everything you're doing. Hey, what, uh, what's your availability and all of this stuff?" And we're talking. They're like, "Okay, cool. Do you own a camera?" And I said, "Yeah, I own a red." Oh shoot, we really want to shoot on a uh, an Alexa, and that was the last time I heard from them. Wow. So huh. it was, you know, it was a, it was a group of people that you know just really felt strongly about that particular thing. Yeah. Um, well, we've noticed, you know, we've we've discussed this on the show a couple of times, but we've noticed that. Now, there's there's a market in film festivals for this type of thing. It's like this this underworld unspoken thing that people in the business know that, you know, it's like they look out for it. For what for what was filmed what? on an Alexa, for what was filmed on a red, because we've you know, we've sat through stuff that we're like, how the hell did this? But it was filmed on a red and it's like, oh, OK, <laughs> you know, but, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look very good. It's just it's almost like that. Just that's all that mattered. You know, that's status just all that thing, matters. Yeah. The status of like what this was filmed on. And there were some places that will actually ask you that when you're submitting. Oh, really? which I think. Oh, yeah. That shouldn't a, matter. It's like, un- do you like the film? Did you like the way it looked? Well, what did you film this on? Again, who cares? Yeah. You know? And it's already done. It shouldn't matter to an audience, but that they will seek it out. Yeah. And Film Freeway, and I think IMDb, too, they ask you. I don't think you have to answer it, but no. the, that's on there. No, but there there were there are some film fests that I was like reading some articles where people were saying that they actually got rejected because they wanted to. It's like they had to fill a quota of like mm. how many Alexas and how many yeah. Reds they had. And they wanted that to be the majority of the films. Yeah. They have like under the table deals with. I, they must. <laughs> <laughs> they must. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Wow. Yeah. That's very, that's very interesting. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I, that would be surprising to me if a festival was asking what something was shot. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's very strange. I've not heard of yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. I forgot. Like, I don't remember. It was, you know, it was like an indie article, something and like a, a very indie type filmmaker uh, like micro budget was saying that that they that the person had told them that was running the fest that they really liked their film but they really needed to get somebody in there that had filmed on a red I believe it was that was like their maybe his film choice. sucked and they're just like oh we need someone with a red <laughs> um, oh my gosh and I was like wow this is it's getting deep yeah. <laughs> you know? like, wow. wow so I would just say yeah it was filmed on a red it's fine what what did you if you if you recall what did you film um, restitution on. Do you remember? Restitution. Great question. Um, <laughs> restitution. I 
Hang on a second. Let me uh, take a so look. So we really that. liked the inside. You know, I was we were watching the inside scenes, and the, the lighting was just really nice. And I was just, it's just like the for us, it's the natural question. Like, gee, I wonder what this was filmed on. After we talked for twenty minutes about how it's not important. No, well, I mean, <laughs> just, you're just like you know, it's just like curiosity. I mean, if you don't remember, that's I yeah. think that was like Let me four years ago one. or something like that. So yeah, I, I probably just um, threw the oh wrench my. in there. Oh my goodness! You know what? I want to say that I don't remember. Hmm. We'll I know accept was, that answer. Was, That's okay. It was. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> let me see if there's technical details on this. Um, yeah, I, I, it definitely was a Red or an Alexa, and I do remember that um, it was Cook S4 lenses. Hmm. Okay. That I do remember. Okay. But goodness, those, oh those gosh, lenses are all remember. right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're okay. They're really good. No, it really surprises me that um. A film festival would ask about something like that. Yeah. I, I just think, I mean, for myself, like any kind of uh, art, whether it's music or writing or or f filmmaking, I feel like the goal is always to, you know, elicit an emotional response mm -hmm. from an audience. That's like the number one thing. And even in cinematography, like I always am questioning myself. I'm looking at, you know, I have to look at what the script, what's going on in the script, what's going on in the character. And is my lighting, you know, helping to augment that in any way? And if it isn't, I have to make adjustments. But that's mm -hmm. one of the last questions I ask myself before I tell the AD that we're ready to go is, is this on par with, you know, the emotional response we're looking to get from the audience? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I think that's like the most important thing. I'm surprised. And I feel like film festivals would be the kind of place where they would really be in tune with something of that nature. Yeah. And probably most are. I'm sure that mm -hmm. situations like that are outliers, probably. Uh -huh. um, but but who knows? I wanted to um, ask you how, like, what your working relationship with directors is like. I know they're you know they're they're different. Everybody's different, obviously. Mm -hmm. But what kind of um, <clears throat> what kind of tone do you, do you try to set with working with directors or or even producers, if you know, depending on the project or whatever? Um, mm -hmm. How that re working relationship? Um, how you try to forge that well i kind of try to let them set the tone because because they're in charge they're the ones that are you know and so i kind of let them lead and they'll let me know exactly to what degree they're going to you know like how much how much they want to have say in in which parts mm -hmm. so i let them kind of lead me exactly what do they need from me do they mean you just to show up and, and light the scene uh, exactly the way their references look? Or do they want me to bring something specific to this that um, they they want specifically from me? So uh, and, and that can be determined pretty quickly, uh -huh. you know, uh, even in a phone call, I kind of can get an idea of exactly, you know, uh, am I is this director a solo artist or are we creating a little band here? Right. Right. You Interesting. Know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had a we had an experience with a with a DP that was the first time that was the first time we were going to be able to afford to have um, sort of like a, a a DP for Stacey slash, you know, you know yeah. how indie films are. Yeah. <laughs> there's, oh, okay. there's 20 jobs in one one title right, kind right, of thing. Right. right. Um, and 
it was our first experience with that because financially it's always just been Paul. Like he's the director and the DP and he's doing, right. he's his own oh first AC. He, we do everything right. ourselves because that's the only way oh we my. can afford to. Yeah. Um, well, you haven't so, seen our stuff yet, so don't get too. <laughs> <laughs> you might be like, yeah, I, I believe that. I've yeah. seen your work. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of, uh, it, it was it was exciting at first because we were like, oh, we can take some of the weight off of you. Like, you'll finally be able to, you know, mm-hmm. put the director hat on a bit more if you don't have to worry so much about that. And then we got, we were met immediately with resistance of like the type of like, I know what I'm doing. And it was like, right, no, 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 we get it. But again, like you said, like a band, like we needed this to be a collaboration. Right. And mm-hmm. it was just like, no go. <laughs> like, uh, the, mm. DP was not having it. And in a, it, it was a really, it was such a, a an experience. And it was such a learning experience because I was like, for a moment, I thought, is this what it's like to work with a DP? Because this sucks, you know? So, oh, I don't want to do this. And then we, you know, as we spoke to people, we were like, no, I just think this was a bad match, you know. Um, but after a while, shortly before the film, we actually had to can that person. And that was really scary because oh we, we weren't, we weren't, when we wanted their help, but it got to a point where like, if Paul would just make a suggestion when it came to like lighting and stuff, it was like, yeah, like you need to stay in your lane. This is my job. Uh, we were like, right, 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 uh, right. that's not going to work. <laughs> you know? So, um, right. Needless to say, we you still wound up doing pretty much everything, except yeah. that you had Rocky, a friend of ours who who's been working with us for years, who kind of saved the day with that shoot and was like, "What do you need me to do?" Oh, yeah. You know, and just he was like gripping and yeah, pulling focus and doing everything. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Wow! Wow! Yep. The, wow! It's the gorilla film making way. <laughs> so yeah, happens you make yeah. a film for five grand, you know. But I feel like it's you know this level that we're at now. I feel like is so important for me that and that I try to. It sucks to have to do everything, obviously. You want to be able to just focus on one thing, but I think it allows me to, when I do have to work with a cinematographer or a sound guy or mm-hmm. first AD or whatever it is, I can speak their language a little bit better than someone who has no experience with it because I've had to do it all myself. And obviously I'm not as talented as anyone that does that specifically, clearly, but um, I feel like I have enough of a knowledge to be able to communicate with them much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, what's really interesting about independent filmmaking and having to do a lot of different jobs all yourself is that you get an idea um, of how long things takes, yeah. how long <clears throat> things take and, and what amount of effort goes into that. So when you are on a bigger set and you know, what's what people are doing, you can look around the set and see, the progress of things. So you don't even have to ask like, Oh, how much time is this going to take? You can kind of see what the grips are doing, what Mm. the electricians are doing and kind of get an idea like, Oh, it looks like they're about 15 minutes out from being done with this, (laughs) you know, uh, which is, which is helpful. I think in the long run. For sure. For sure. I mean, I spend probably most of the time, you know, um, just futzing with the lighting and tweaking it and, you know, get it to a point where like, all right, that's good enough. We have to make the day. So this is, this is where it's going to, this is where it's going to land. Um, I usually know how much time I have as an actor when I, when you tell me what you're doing next, I'm like, that's a solid 40 minutes I got right there. (laughs) I'm going to, I'll go off and sit with my lines here because you're going to be lighting that for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But with our last film, Rocky was a huge help because I could tell him, I want this over there. I want that over there. And then I can go with work with my actors a little bit and kind of work through the scene with them to make sure they're hitting everything. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. 
Have you ever had a, I'm just going to, I'm going to be like a big, uh, I'm going to be like a big black cloud on things. Have you ever had, we, we usually ask, have you ever had like a nightmare experience? Obviously without naming names, but something that, <laughs> <laughs> like anything that's like, cause we've, you know, it's weird. We've talked to people and, you know, we ask that question and they're like, oh my God, yeah, X, Y, and Z happened. And we're like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. you you just never know uh, things that you're just not prepared for sometimes that you've never thought, uh, you know, we, we talked to, um, was it Ryan Connolly that yeah. had that story? Like that, that they had like a whole shoot set. And then as they were picking people up from the airport, the whole shoot fell apart oh. and they suddenly oh had nothing to film. And so they had to film something else Yeah, like at the last minute. And I can't even imagine, you know, how one goes about that, but yeah. has anything ever happened that you, there was like major improv, you know, improv or. Let's see. Um, major improv. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the first music videos that I shot, um, something very similar to that happened. Um, a director, a first-time director, uh, had something lined up for for a band, like an entire storyline, mm -hmm. and a lot of a lot of things were supposed to happen in this music video. And yeah, as we we arrived on the day. We kind of knew what was going to happen that day. And slowly, um, things started to fall apart. Props were not a available suddenly. Like mm. the person that was supposed to, the art director, uh, something happened, was not going to be there. Um, I think that happened to be a, maybe possibly a substance abuse problem. Oh, great. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and the production designer just was MIA. And then two or three actors that were all coming together ended up in a car accident or something like oh, that. Oh, my it was, God. It was a whole cluster. And I'll never forget <laughs> this director. And he was the first time. And there was money from the record label uh coming uh i mean they were paying for it so he had to deliver on something mm -hmm. and he came to me and was in a state of panic like i remember you know the, he was white he was scared and because <laughs> i you know and um and i realized we were in a very very serious situation and fortunately i had just gotten off um a series when i started shooting when i was kind of still making most of my money as a camera assistant mm -hmm. i got in with a production company that was doing rap music videos all over the country and then we were shooting these on 35 millimeter oh wow oh. and um and it was a, a weekly thing for like 10 weeks in a row i was flying all over the place shooting these crazy rap videos and this is back before you know things in rap videos had changed so mm -hmm. it was like everything you can imagine like people throwing money and you know <laughs> money being machine. shot in and strip clubs yeah and it was really really but i was doing this a lot so i kind of knew and they had a philosophy where that was like you need three performances and some cutaways and you got a music video right. that's basically what the record label would tell this production company yeah. we don't care what's in this video and so i said to him i said you know we just need to shoot three different sets of performances and get some cutaways and we have a video so let's just do that <laughs> and, uh, and it was a completely different kind of video it was a rock video and we ended up doing that and um the record company and the band were ecstatic nice um, follow yeah, the schematics so, just yeah, go with it yeah 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 and then recently i did a commercial oh this was uh, this is incredible <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Everything—it was a big, big budget commercial, 
and we were down in uh, Long Beach. So far, far away from Los Angeles. We start at seven in the morning. And, you know, uh, we had a lot of very large lights. We had a couple of 18Ks and hmm. we had to balance the inside of a, of a restaurant with the outside. There was this one wall of, uh, of windows. Hmm. Uh, and so um, we had to get, and it was a very, you know, happy kind of, it's a pharmaceutical commercial. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of, uh, you know, had to be a bright, happy commercial. Mm-hmm. And when I arrive, I see that one of the producers is <laughs> talking to my gaffer who looks to be, and then I walk up and I hear him and he's just telling him to breathe and ask him if he wanted to get, if he needed a paper bag. Oh God. Oh wow. My gaffer is having a panic attack. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's what's happening here? And uh, they told me that um, the person that was supposed to bring the generator and the 18 case and some of our other bigger lights, uh, there was a miscommunication. And he thought it was the, the next day and everything uh. had to come. Everything had to come from Sunland. And to give you a, like a New York kind of a, a thing, just imagine the shoot was in Brooklyn and uh, the equipment's got to come from Yonkers. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh. Um, or Coney Island. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Coney Island Yonkers. So, um, he was panicking, but everything turned out wonderful, but that was one near disaster that, (laughs) yeah. Poor gaffer. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Everything turned out great. Yeah. Um, because it took us a while. We just laid cable and got everything ready and the director rehearsed the actors and at right the moment we needed to, to, to do everything, the generator and the lights showed up. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. I actually, that's I mean, I would be the person breathing into the paper bag. So uh-huh. I, I I can appreciate somebody who can go like, all right, wait, we can figure this out. I need yeah. that. <laughs> so I like, like I don't know. Yeah. I enjoy I don't I don't enjoy when things go wrong, but I, I feel like when things go wrong, it's just like I like to figure things out, you know, like, all right, what can mm-hmm. we do with what we have? I mean, and granted, you know, our stuff is on our own timetable, so there's no money from you know, a producer or a studio or, you know, a company or anything like that, you know, it's all on us, but I do definitely enjoy the problem solving because that's all it is anyway. You know, you have to light something that's the problem. So let's figure it out, you know? Um, um, So I I definitely enjoy that. that. And I also enjoy like 50 takes of everything, but that's fine too. (laughs) (laughs) Your actors don't enjoy that. Uh Let me tell you. (laughs) Like David Fincher. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing is, you know, I I think on the last, our last shoot, I think the most I ever did was eight takes of something, Um, which isn't that bad. And I, I always get slack from everybody, but I feel like, you know, like most of our shots were like four takes, five takes at most, but then, you you know, pretty good, but. In, in the past, it's been like, that's perfect. Let's do it again. And then you yeah. hear that like 12 times. Yeah. We're like, let's move on. <laughs> it's always the uh-huh. first, the shot, the first two shots for first, me. I'm yeah. like, I'm afraid to move on because that's, it's sealed. You know, then that's that. We can't ever. Right. But then for some reason, second th- and the rest of the shoot, I don't care. You know, like I don't have that same mentality. I do care, obviously, but I don't have that same like fear to move on kind of thing but it's always something about the first shot or whatever's going to appear in the film first that i'm you get like major fomo uh, yeah. for the o- opening scene <laughs> yeah i have to like make sure that is the best shot of the film is going to be what people see first which is ridiculous but yeah, yeah. it's just like this weird kind of thing i have it's your quirk yeah that's <laughs> what we love about you yeah so are you um is there anything that you're working on that you're coming i mean obviously this quarantine is kind of 
messed everybody up uh yeah work-wise especially people in the arts it's like crap now what but uh do yeah. you do you have anything that you're looking forward to or well um i have there are two projects that are on hold that are supposed to shoot in michigan um where i'm from actually right. um and um but those are on hold and being pushed back. <laughs> um, so I don't know when those are supposed to start in April. Mm. Oh. And, uh, so that, that got pushed to who knows when, probably sometime in the summer or fall. Yeah. If uh, we're out of this by then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but then there's a director that I work with um, who is doing a project during this quarantine. It's kind of a social distancing situation okay. where um, I can't, tell you a whole lot about it because mm -hmm. um, it's kind of unique um, but uh, I'm going to be filming a, uh, something on Monday where we're all going to be social distance we are all driving ourselves and uh, showing up at different places to film something dealing with quarantine okay oh nice so that'll be that should be interesting yeah <laughs> we, wa we were we were trying to watch a couple things um Paul's also been working all week, so we couldn't watch too much. But um, I wanted to see uh, Moving Day. Moving Day. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah, out yet? That, or? Uh, I don't know if it's been released yet, but okay. that was written by a brilliant writer, uh, Curtis Clark. Um, uh, that script is incredible. Um, he's just a really wonderful, wonderful uh, writer. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly. It's a short film. Mm -hmm. I don't know when it's coming out, uh, but it is heart wrenching and amazing. It looked just and, the still um, that that's up online. Just the still. I was like, I think I'm going to, you know, you, you just kind of need that one thing. There's that one perfect picture. And you're like, that looks interesting. You know? yeah. So I was like, I really want to see that. And, um, still water. We, we wanted to watch as well. Cause we'd seen the trailer to yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's why it's awesome that you still, that you, you like to fill your time with short films if you have the availability and, it's it's just because it shows that you like what you do you know that yeah. it's not just well who's got the highest paying job and look we all have to eat so you know i yeah, yeah. you know it's like that's the jingle we, you gotta make for the yeah, uh, yeah. We, you gotta do we it gotta make but, jingles. you know there, there's yeah. there's an attitude that sometimes goes along with people becoming successful if you work on bigger stuff that it's like well i'm not gonna work on some stupid little indie short you know and it's like well but why mm -hmm. not yeah you know i mean why if you yeah. have the time if you like doing this then being able to, to light a scene and get a beautiful image, the budget shouldn't matter at that point, yeah. you know, if you really like doing that. So, um, well, I'll, def I'll definitely be checking that film out now. <laughs> she said all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll have to check that out. So yeah, I'll have to find out when that's coming out. I actually have only seen, you know, just a, a rough cut of it. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, oh, I, I mean, there... Curtis, is, Curtis Clark is an amazing, amazing uh, writer and actually you should talk to him <laughs> he's really he's a really great writer we like write that, that down i know who's, who's moving into he's moving into directing things and uh oh. um yeah he's he's very he's he's a he's a very talented guy we're gonna let you go soon but i had i did have another sure. question i wanted to kind sure. of touch base with you on um in regards to the color grading process and how mm -hmm. how involved you are or aren't in that mm -hmm. generally yeah uh, you know, it depends on the project. I love to be a hundred percent involved, mm -hmm. you know? Um, uh, I mean, that's how the professional world usually works depending on, 
you know, commercials, not, not as much, but, uh, narrative processes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, usually, you know, I'm in there for the whole thing. Yeah. And I have a pretty good say, but it, you know, sometimes it just depends on who's in charge. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you generally like to be, I would imagine involved in that process because there's so much you can do with an image post that, you know, they can really kind of change the tone. light a and... whole scene and then they just throw this grade on it. And you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> Why oh, is everything yeah. green? And, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's heartbreaking for me sometimes. That's, yeah. that, that happens every once in a while where, you know, and, and I understand that sometimes people are so in love with their projects. They want to, you know, take it all the way to the end. But if you don't have experience doing stuff like that or know what's going to work, like, that's one of the things I have, you know, I'm, I've, I've seen images. I look at images nonstop and I try to stay up to date on, you know, what's working. Mm-hmm. And I also try to push productions in the direction of a colorist who uh, has great taste and is good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, if I have that, I know that I could walk away and not even be there. A colorist is going to do a great job. A good yeah. colorist is going to do a great job regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like to be as involved as I possibly can be, as, as involved as I'm invited to be. Right. Do you have a favorite colorist that you want to shout out right now? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a guy, a guy named uh, Dan Edwards. Uh-huh. Dan Edwards, he's, uh, he has a company called Changing Frames, and he is, he's, uh, he's great. He's a great artist. Um, and, um, just really, really good work. He just has, he has a very good sense of things and, you know, and I love to try to not, I do my best to try to not, you know, micromanage that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, it's sometimes, sometimes it's even hard for me, you know, I'm like, oh, I need it to look like this. And sometimes I, you know, I think sometimes in situations where I'm not sure what to do, it's best to let a colorist even just like, hey, tell me what you do this every single day. You, do, yeah. You, yeah. you spend you spend 10 times as many hours in front of a screen like this manipulating color uh, more than I do. So, you know, he's probably going to have a better idea of um, yeah. what's going to work and what's not going to work. So yeah. relinquishing control sometimes is the best thing I can do. Yeah, yeah. that's tough to do, especially for us because we're so used to having control of everything we do everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know paul mm-hmm. edits all of our films we've never had an editor like he he sits oh there and edits and he taught himself how to edit and then he taught himself how to color correct <laughs> because we couldn't oh afford to have other people right. do it and this last film was like your 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 color correction kryptonite it was the most frustrated i've ever seen you with oh my goodness with grading and, and stuff and, like well, that yeah, and but you learned a lot was, uh, yeah i learned a lot but ironically it was it tended it ended up being you know when people first start and i can speak to this because i'm kind of just starting it out but i feel like when people first start color grading they really want you to know that they know how to color grade <laughs> so they tend to overgrade things yeah. and in add a lot of contrast in this and that and with this film i reached out to some colorists i talked to some colorists i almost had a colorist do the work but it ended up being a budgetary thing and whatever and so i just ended up doing it myself but i was definitely in contact with a lot of people and um this was the first film that i kind of let the film tell me what needed to be done in a weird way i guess like Mm -hmm. and so you know with a lot of previous stuff i'm like all right well this is how you color grade because this is what everyone does in tutorials and whatever blah 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 but i feel like with the last one 
I just wanted a more naturalistic look and, and you know, it was shot in a very beautiful area. So that did a lot of the work for me. And I just wanted mm -hmm. to accentuate that. And um, well, that's what I kept saying when you would yeah. show me the cut. And I'm like, why is this so saturated? It's like so graded. Well, that was the other <laughs> like, issue is that we had doing too much, too much. <laughs> well, that was the issue of, of display formats and how things look on your TV versus your oh, computer screen it, yeah, and learning your, the difference. Phone, your phone and stuff. And, you know, all you can do is buy a calibrated monitor and make it look the best on that and the rest is out of your hands. Well, I mean, I, I, I specifically wanted you to shout that colorist out because, again, that's another thing people don't think of. Mm -hmm. People that aren't in film yeah. don't even know that they exist. Like, what do you mean? Someone just sits there and deals with color? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's their yeah. whole yeah. job. Like, that's what they do. And yeah. that's why it looks this way. Um, yeah. But oh, I it's think so important. It's, it's so, so important, important to have someone that when you when you can say this person's really good. I think that's how it becomes easier to relinquish control when you find the right person, mm -hmm. because with mm -hmm. this film, it was the first time we worked um, with with a musician doing the score. And oh, uh -huh. we um, we Cook. had worked we worked with Emmett Cook, um, who is this amazing composer. And, mm. you know, despite my loving his work, I was scared because we'd never had somebody else take control of music. You know, it was yeah. just like, well, what if we're not on the same page? And. The exact reason why I was attracted to his work was why we basically only needed to like make two corrections. And it wasn't even like major stuff. He would yeah. send it like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I think like the strings in this are just a little bit high. And he'd be like, okay, cool. Changed it. Beautiful. Mm. And it was like, mm -hmm. wow. So when you have the right person, you actually don't have to stress about whether it's being done right. Mm. Cause they'll get it. They'll get it. And it's, yeah. you know, right. being able to just be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And having somebody score your film is like, yeah, that uh, was, that was a weird experience. Cause we're like, surely he's not going to work with us. Who the hell are we? <laughs> yeah. He was like, no, I, I really like the story. I'd he doesn't like to know do what it. kind of what can of worms he's over. <laughs> he was awesome. He yeah. was just really awesome. And, uh, and another good example of somebody that, you know, has really big clientele, but enjoys what he does and was like, look, I have time. And as long as, you know, you're okay with me having to take more time for my actual work. Like I'll do it. And we were like, whatever, you know, yeah. like you take as much time as you need. If you're going to score this, like, let's do this. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen that a lot. Actually, there's been a couple of projects that I worked on that the director was like, Oh my God, we got this person to do our score. I think, I think it's because possibly because musicians love to make music yeah. and the same way, I mean, I guess the same way that I love to shoot and I'm not turning down tiny little things here yeah. and there. I think I just, it, it probably is, a, it's a creative outlet and mm -hmm. that, that, that musicians need to do. And I think when, so when they have downtime, they're like, yeah, I want to make music. Yeah. Especially if they, um, you know, much like yourself and, and, and was the case with this um, composer is like what we had done really fits in his wheelhouse. You know, mm -hmm. um, we are drawn to his music because we have the similar kind of yeah, um, tone, was like, tone that we that the film was in like that we writing. like that he makes. So for him, it's like he doesn't mind doing it for whatever, because this is this is where this is what he enjoys doing, like specifically even, you know, like if someone mm -hmm. came to you with a dramatic thriller uh, and you were yeah. bored, you'd probably be like, all right, let's do some. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I knew that like when so, listening to his music, I was writing scripts in my head with each song. I was like, this guy's going to be a good. <laughs> like, this, I can listen to your music and I'm already thinking of stories. So <laughs> is there, am I going to get to see this uh, movie? 
that you guys Oh, made? yeah. Is of course. It, do you is want it, to? Is it done? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, do. it's, it's done. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. We Of all years, I mean, look, I'm not going to complain because people are losing their lives. You know, this is like the, the yeah. first world problems here. But it was the biggest film that we've ever done financially. Mm-hmm. Everyone listening is like, shut up already about this film. <laughs> it's called A Vital Sign. Um, and so it was just such a huge thing for us. We we raised some of the money, but the rest of it was all out of pocket. And it was just such a huge deal. And right now, like right when this hit was when it was going to start, like we we're going to be hearing back from Film Fest. And like now everything's like uh, off. So yeah. we're yeah. hoping we'll just pick. I mean, we just submitted like over $500 worth of Film Fest. And <laughs> what's going to happen oh, with that? Right. No idea. So yeah. we may have to carry this into next year. So uh, we'll mm-hmm. se- we'll send you the password for it. <laughs> Oh, I would love to. I would love to see it. And and but it. the the our rule is that, you know, we need honest feedback. You know, yeah. Like, if you say I hated that, I'll be like, that's okay. Yeah, because <laughs> <That's Yeah. right. laughs> we had this. You know, we're we're big on we're big believers in like you know when we talk to our friends and stuff, we're not just like pumping up the ego like, dude, this is awesome. This is so great. You know, like this is what worked for me. This is what didn't work for me. This is what I liked. This is what I didn't like. And if you loved it, then you loved it. But I feel like. um a lot of times people, and I get it, you know, people, I tend to, I probably do it without even thinking, but people just want to be nice and they don't want people to be offended. And some people are sensitive, but I feel like honest feedback is the only way you're ever going to grow as an artist. And I think it's so important. Absolutely. I think it's a gift. I, I love getting honest feedback from people. That's why I try to keep those kind of people around me. Like the, my, I send, send stuff to my closest friends first because mm-hmm. they're not afraid to tell me like, oh, you shit the bed over there. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. um, well, it's why so. when I send it, you'll get two versions. There's the original, oh. there's the original well, length, and then there's a shorter. We'll watch and the shorter one first. I, yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. But it's it's what happened was, you know, I I had originally wanted to make this a, a feature. We really couldn't afford to do it, and it was just so much story that was getting crammed in. And so then there was the the whole like, what do we do here? Because well, it ended up being thirty minutes. It was thirty minutes, yeah. which is kind of like film fest hell. They uh-huh. hate that time. It's like either okay. 20 minutes or just make the damn feature. Like they yeah. tell you like, oh yeah, it's, you know, anything under 40 is a short, but they'll never put a 30 minute they put short. five shorts in that slot. Well, at least two, you yeah. know, they can, two, they can fit two to three films, which is going to increase the audience. So if your film's 30 minutes and you don't have enough people come in, then you're not filling the seats enough. So they don't like that. But then there was the whole, you know, I'm sitting there as the writer going like, I don't want to chop this movie up anymore. You know, I'm, I'm starting to lose stuff. And so we did it at 30 minutes and then we showed it to, you know, close friends and people that were in the business. And the unanimous thing was like, that time's going to kill you. <laughs> and we're like, oh, we know, we know. And we were so resistant at first. We were mm. so resistant. And then finally mm-hmm. it was like, you know, we've heard this from several people that that are, are quite successful, you know, in, in mm-hmm. independent film and stuff. And so it was like, all right. And so then we had to sit down and I had to, you know, as a writer, let that go and go, okay, how do we tell the story in 20 minutes? Yeah. We got and it down to 19 we minutes. We got it down to 19 <laughs> minutes. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so it was, you know, you think 10 minutes isn't going to make a difference, but it really does. It's just two completely different worlds. I don't know. I don't for think me. it's that drastically the film, different. The, the film is, the, well, it's cohesive for me. I felt like it worked, but just when you've picture something one way, yeah, 
it's like, how do you now jump to something yeah. else? I'd be interested to see somebody, an outsider's thought of watching the short version and then the long version and seeing like, oh yeah, that doesn't make sense. Or no, you know, I, I see a difference in those. Yeah. From, mm. from an overall perspective. It's on you now. Yeah. <laughs> now, now. Now I'm super curious. I can't wait to see. The pressure's the on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm you excited. get back to be like, um, you know what? You're right. 20 minutes sucks. I don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, 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 which one did you like better? You, you know, I honestly you think still I in love with the 30 minutes. I still I think I like the 19 minute version better personally. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like they both work. It just depends on the mood. Uh, yeah. But I, I didn't think that there was any way 20 minutes was going to work. I was like, there's no way in hell. What mm. have I done? Yeah. Why did I do this? Why did I write the story this way? And then, uh, you know, a lot of tinkering, a lot of tinkering and just both of us sitting there going through every scene like, OK, what can be shaved down in the scene? What isn't necessary? And then we got the 20 minute and I was like, I don't hate that. You know, mm. I don't hate that. It's a, you know, it's an ego. It's an ego thing. Yeah. And as right. you're like, this is my baby. I wrote this. I don't want to I don't want to chop it up. But, uh, you know, ultimately, what are we accomplishing if we made this film and now we can't get it in any film festivals because it's. Well, we made a film. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah. But I, mm -hmm. I always think of it for everybody else, too. I'm like, you know, our actors like I want that work to be successful for them. Yeah. I want them to be able to say, Hey, this made it into a bunch of film fest. That's yeah, great. That was a heartbreaking know? thing. We had to cut, but even on the 30 uh, minute version, we had to cut one scene out. A whole scene, like for an which actor, was like, I felt so bad. The actor <sighs> did such a great performance yeah. and everything. And it was um, so much so that like I texted him and I was like, I swear it's not about you. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to think you didn't do a good job. It just was <laughs> like, slowing you know? the film down like way too much. Yeah. So I was like, I'll send you your mm. scenes so you could use it in your reel, you know, but I don't want you to think that we cut it out because of you, you know, it was like my first, because as an actor, that's what I would be thinking. They mm -hmm. cut my whole scene out because I sucked. <laughs> God. <laughs> you know? Oh my God. Yeah. Horrible. Okay. Horrible. Horrible. It, you know, I did, I did a short, um, uh, pilot, um, about commercial actors. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the gags that, uh, that we had in there. So there was a guy who was in a commercial and he's got all excited because it was a Super Bowl commercial and he gets, and he's at a friend's house and they're all watching the Super Bowl. And it's like, Hey, my commercial's coming on. My commercial's coming on. And it comes on and they had replaced him. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, was, and that was the big crux of that. So that's uh, your biggest yeah. fear. It's our biggest fear. Yeah. It's like, are they going to yeah. cut my scene? Oh my God. It's gotta be so hard to be an actor. Yeah. I mean, it depends, but it, you know, I go in knowing that that can happen. So when it did mm -hmm. happen to me on some, like something bigger that I did, I was expecting it to happen. And I was like, yeah, they cut it. <laughs> when uh, I saw right. how the day was going and they were running on time, I was like, there's no way, there's no way they're going to use this. And they didn't. Right. Um, but there were people there that, you know, especially the background actors that were like losing their minds at the thought that they weren't going to get camera time. And I was like, dude, this is how it is. You know, you have to know yeah. that going in, you're getting too upset. <laughs> Just relax. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. That's why you make your own yeah. stuff. That's yeah. why you make your own stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. John, thank you so much for being on. We've, uh, we haven't had a guest on in a while. And I was like, we need to talk to other people in this business. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, um, thank you for having me. I really, I, I, yeah. I had a good time. That's yeah. Fun. Awesome. So we'll, we'll be following up, uh, you know, with, with your work and when we finally do get to see um, the uh, moving day, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, just, I'm curious now. I'm, oh, yeah. I must see this. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put links to all your work and everything so you guys can check out, yep. um, check out John's work. So um, it was good Thank talking you. to you. Good talking to you. Thanks Thank for you being for on. Me. Bye. All right. Bye. So that was uh, John Orphan.
Yep. Check out his work. We'll have all the links and everything. Such um, a good name. It is. It's hardcore. That was informative. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. We chatted for a bit on our own. Yeah. <laughs> Which we should have been recording for because he had some interesting information yeah. there too. But we'd have like a two-hour episode. Um, so yeah, go check out his work and um, shout out to him again for for being on. And hopefully we'll get to interview some peeps that he knows yep. uh, that are in the biz and uh you know just get their experiences i like to i miss talking to people yeah it's nice <laughs> the quarantine is it's it's well, running we have, deep we've had we, if you're listening have, and and if you've if you've sent stuff to us we're watching it yes. i have a couple we have a couple things we're going to watch today actually so yeah um we'll we get actually back to you. um we actually had a, a bunch of people reach out to us kind of like all at once yeah and we're like what's going on everyone's bored <laughs> everyone's bored <laughs> Um, so we we still have, and we've checked some of the work out. We still have to reach out to you guys, see if yeah. you know when we can work something out for you to be on. Um, so I don't know. I mean, nothing really else has been happening. Yeah. Um, hey, reach out to us. Reach out to so us. So we can watch your stuff in a day or two. Apparently. And um, you know, just FYI, Capone. Yeah. Is dropping next month, uh, not in theaters. Obviously, mm -hmm. they're going to do a two-day stream VOD. Yeah. And I will be there. I don't care if it's $50. I'm renting that bastard. And I'm watching. I've been yeah. waiting. Tom Hardy has been posting about this film. I, for it feels like 37 years yeah. on Instagram. I've been seeing him in makeup and the progression of this film. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, when the hell are we going to see this film? And it finally came out. And of course, you know, all this is going on. And so um, I, they're going to do a two-day VOD and then a theatrical release, I guess, over the summer. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm watching it when it comes out. There's no way I'm waiting till summer if I know that yeah. it's out there. So, um, and then also I want to see um, Perry Mason. Yeah. That's coming out on HBO. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was pulled in because Tatiana Maslany's in it. Mm -hmm. um, we always watch her work. So, um, I mean, it looks beautiful. Like the cinematography is really nice. I mean, it's an HBO show. You know, they're not going to yeah, like yeah. slack on it. Um, but for me, when I saw that she was going to be in it i was like all right i have to watch this yeah. she may not even be a main character yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter i'm gonna watch it so i'm looking forward to to those two mm -hmm. it's a lot of shows there's so many things to things. watch there's so many things to watch. to watch so we will be uh in touch with everybody who's reached out to you we promise and uh, keep sending us stuff if you want us to watch your films if you want honest reviews we are willing to give those. honest feedback is honest what you're gonna feedback. get here pal um so shout outs to uh reality bomb comic cast um steady geekin not per up for debate. Per Perry Herovis, <laughs> not up for debate. And when all this is over, over. Over. <laughs> when all this is over, uh, all this is over to uh, also to uh, Mega Brain Comics, who they just opened up in their new spot, like right before all this yeah. happened, which is like major bummer because they have like pinball machines and uh, and, and uh, arcade games and all that stuff yeah. rather. And we we timing couldn't be worse. Like we never got to go to the shop because it had just opened mm -hmm. up, and we were like, oh, let's go visit John over at the shop. And then all this shit happened. We're mm -hmm. like, we can't go anywhere. So yeah. we ourselves haven't even seen the new shop, and we're, we're we really want to get out there once we can for everybody who's local. You know, small businesses are really struggling and hopefully, I don't know, hopefully we'll be able to get out of this somehow yeah. and, and still be surviving. Um, there are a whole bunch of layoffs that have been taking place with people and that really sucks. And, you know, our, our, our freaking hearts go out to them. That, that It's a really tough time to, you know, have everybody's world crashing down. So we're, we're all trying here. Yeah. And uh, we'll get through this. We'll get through this.
get through this. So um, next week, don't know. Something's going to happen next week. We'll be talking to you or somebody, maybe, who knows yep. <laughs> about stuff. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And thanks again uh, to John for coming out. Check out his work. Bye. Bye.